Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey. Um, okay, you know how I'm, I'm editing the Dragnet episode right now? Yeah. Do you remember a little further back in our podcast history when we accidentally watched the wrong Degrassi? Oh, yes. And <laughs> do you also remember that time we thought Highway to Heaven was from the 70s, but it was actually from the 80s? Are you saying we've made another mistake, Sarah? We may have made a slight error. <laughs> so, okay, we kind of did both of those things. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me that MathNet was the original and Dragnet was the copy? <laughs> I know. I didn't think it was possible, but it, time travel, apparently? No. Um, <laughs> so apparently Dragnet started as a radio program in the 40s. And then there was a TV show in the 50s. Uh-huh. And then it was there was a revival TV show in 1967, and that is what we watched. So we watched the third iteration. Oh my Dragnet. God, that's amazing! Actually, now there are some positives here. Okay. One, apparently the the radio show and the original TV show were like run overlapped, and uh-huh. a lot of the early episodes of the TV show apparently were like they just took the audio from the radio program and then had people like lip sync it and like act it out. What? So maybe not super high quality, uh, entertaining uh, TV watching. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Wild. So the other positive is okay. that Dragnet 1967, which is the name of the program that we watched, uh-huh. aired on Nick at Night, whereas the original Dragnet, as far as I can tell, did not. So in a way, we did watch the right show. <laughs> oh. We watched the right show, but we didn't know we were watching the right show that we didn't know we were watching the wrong show of. This mistake <laughs> fills me with such joy. So I think I think we're absolved a little bit. Well, I absolve us. Oh, okay, thank yes. you. Yes, of all dragnet crimes. Whew! Past and future. <laughs> this case will be thrown out of court. <laughs> Our records will be wiped. We're free to go. <laughs> oh, Sarah, wait, one more thing. Oh, what is this, Columbo? No, 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 strangely. Dragnet was just the facts, ma'am. Totally different catchphrase. Uh, I have a Kickstarter going on right now. Oh, do you? I do. Please, strangely, tell me, a person who knows nothing about this subject, what is this Kickstarter for and about? I'm so glad you asked, Sarah Shea, a person who knows nothing about my current whereabouts or plans. (laughs) As... You may have suspected I was recently in the Arctic aboard the tall ship Antigua participating in an artist residency. I did suspect that. You seemed very suspicious. (laughs) I had an amazing experience. I got to see reindeer up close. I got a little bit of frostbite in one of my fingers. I climbed up to the top of the mast with my accordion and made the most epic music video ever. And I've got all kinds of stories to tell about it. So I've written a bunch of tiny little zines, like the ones I wrote for my last Kickstarter. And if people back this current Kickstarter, they'll get these tiny zines with stories about my travels in the Arctic Plus, every zine will have a little QR code that you can see videos and listen to song recordings that I've made of some of the sea shanties I learned while I was on the boat. Strangely, that sounds gosh darn delightful. I like to think so. How do I get all of this wonderful content? Uh, well, you can find links to it uh, by searching for... Wow, you know, I really should have thought about something easily searchable on Kickstarter for this. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it's called Bruktebutikker, which is the Norwegian word for secondhand shop. That is a great word for SEO. <laughs> Bruktebutikker? Yeah, super, super easy yeah. to search for that on the internet. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, strangely, just to give yeah. people a little extra uh, ease in finding this, even though it would be so simple for them to just search this word, they definitely know how to spell. We'll go ahead and put that link on our social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, maybe even in the description of this episode. That sounds like a really good idea, Sarah. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to be ending at 9 p.m. Pacific time on June 22nd. So that's about five days from when this episode will go up. Wow. Uh, please get in there before it happens. Every dollar that you donate is being matched by an anonymous <gasps> donor. So oh, my. If my Kickstarter reaches its goal of $5,000, I will actually be collecting $10,000 of funding. Strangely, that's so much money. What will you do with it all? I'm so glad you asked, Sarah. <laughs> Out of over 100 applicants, I was one of 12 selected to be the in the fall class at Fosen Folkeskola in Fosen, Norway. Fosen Folkeskola is a folk school that teaches traditional Norwegian handicrafts, and I'm going to be learning how to build Viking longboats by hand using traditional tools and techniques. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we basically, in the fall, we cut down the trees, we learn how to mill them, we have to make our own nails in the blacksmithing shop, we put the whole boat together, and then we learn how to sail it in the spring. And our final exam is we go down to England, and we have to attack a monastery. Oh, that sounds fun! Yeah, you know, they're just, they're not protected anymore since uh, Brexit. Oh, that's perfect. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Well, strangely, I am so excited to hear these stories and also to support your next exciting adventure. Aw, thanks, Sarah. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> okay, now we can start the episode. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Sarah, what do you know about Dragnet? Well, it's not about math. That's about all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I know as well. So for anyone who's not familiar, uh, Dragnet is, as far as either of us know, a 1960s crime show i think they are detective some, sort some, of detective, so, some yeah. level of police uh, law enforcement uh and uh, we are both more familiar with a parody of it from a 90s kids educational program called square one and one of the segments within square one was called MathNet where two mathematicians solved math-based crimes and they ripped off, as far as I know, their theme song wholesale. Dragnet, I believe, had some version of, like, the names have been changed, but the crimes are real. Oh, yes, yes. Because yeah, because in MathNet they do the, yeah, like, the situations are made up, but the, the math is real. The problems are oh, real. The problems are the real. Problems yeah, are that's real. right. And it was the, the, the two... Uh, detectives, the two mathematicians on the show were, oh, what's the guy's name? Fred or something like that. And then the woman's name is Wednesday. Wednesday. And she goes, my name is Wednesday. I'm a mathematician. 
and then some variation on the bum ba dum bum. Yep. Bum bum bum. And yep. I'm sure they must have tweaked it slightly, but I, I think they couldn't have used it just wholesale unless it was made by the same studio, but I don't think it was. Yeah. And I, the only thing I remember about MathNet, other than the intro section, is that there was an episode where Weird Al played a DJ, and that's where I learned what payola is. Very educational. And also, there's an episode where a parrot witnesses a murder or something like that, and it has something to do with the Fibonacci sequence. I, I the two the two episodes that I remember are one where they proved that an airplane couldn't have taken off and flown somewhere in a certain amount of time because the visibility was zero that day, which would have made flying difficult. So they were also doing stuff about the weather. Oh. And there was one where there was a, a robot pitching. It was like a bad guy made a robot, and then the robot was a pitcher, and he was trying to get the robot pitcher into the, the Major League Baseball Oh, wow. Pitching. Honestly, we should try and dig up the first episode of MathNet. We really Or should. the first episode of Square One, if we can, because that show is a big part of my childhood. But as should be obvious to all of you <laughs> who are uh, figuring along with us at home, we don't know anything about Dragnet. I think the main character might be named Friday. And that's why her name was was Wednesday. And I think eventually they had to replace that actress and the new character's name was like Tuesday or something like that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, the biggest treat about this is going to be seeing how it's similar and or different from MathNet rather than like, you know, what I know about Dragnet. Because I think Dragnet is quite serious. Yeah. But in my childhood, I would always get it mixed up with... um, Oh, what's the funny crime show where the guy like talks into his shoe? There's a Get there's, Smart. Get Smart. Yes, I would always mix up Dragnet and Get Smart when um when I was a kid because they were both like grown up right. shows I wasn't interested in, you know. But uh, yeah, I I think that Dragnet's quite serious. Mm-hmm. It's kind of maybe like a the, the, the predecessor the to been, Law and Order. Yeah, the names yeah. have been changed. The 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 crimes are real. Yeah. Like it's kind of this like rip from the headlines. Yeah. Police drama or something. Which like is that. why I say predecessor to law and order. Yeah. Does exactly. the same, same kind of thing. But yeah. Uh, other than that. Yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about the characters or actors that are in it or anything else. I don't even know exactly what kind of cops they are. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shall we go find out? Let's go find out. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. 2.08 p.m. Bill and I left Georgia Street Juvenile and headed for 1200 Loma Linda Avenue. It was eight blocks from the office. It took us four and a half minutes to reach the vacant lot where the strange behaving juvenile was reported to have been seen. Stand still. Reality, man, reality. I, I could see the center of the earth. Purple flame down there, the pilot light. All the way down, the pilot light of... He's clean, Joe. Creation and reality. Reality. What's your name, son? You can see my name if you look hard enough. Come on now, what's your name? Don't you know my name? My name's Blue Boy. What do you think, Joe? Cardwheels? Sugar cubes. I'll make you book. He's been dropping that acid we've been hearing about. All right, son, you're under arrest. It's our duty to advise you of your constitutional rights. You have the right to remain silent, and any statement you make may be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to the presence of an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed before any questioning. Do you understand that? There I am. I'm over there now. I'm not here anymore. 
My hair's green and I'm a tree. You ever see anybody this torn up? Well, it's a sense he's not strung out on sugar cubes. Yeah. All right, let's take him to central receiving. Come on, son. Even if your body does die, your mind will live on. Yeah, we know. Come on. You're the dirty disbelievers. The evil disbelievers. Evil! 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 All right, come on, son. Settle down. Brown, blue, yellow, green, green, orange, red, 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 red. I can hear them. I can hear them all. Yeah, sure you can, kid. Let's go back to the office. We'll all listen. Yeah, that was a lot of... I... It was so different from what we've been watching lately mm-hmm. that it was surreal. It was both more or less than I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, it, it hit me on so many different levels all at the same time. Yeah. So there was just like the the tone was definitely a shift. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. But also as a cultural artifact. Yeah. Uh, wow. As a stylistic artifact, like there were there were a lot of things going on with this. Um, I mean, we were right. It was it was a cop show. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I was yeah I don't think were we wrong actually outright wrong about anything. There were things we didn't know. Mm. Like they're um, they are uh, LAPD mm-hmm. police. Police I, detectives. Police detectives. Yes. yes. And in the intro that we, you know, that the, uh, you know, the names have been changed, but the crimes are real or whatever. Yeah. He says, uh, Friday does the the narration. He says, my name is Friday, but he doesn't say, and I'm Friday. I'm a cop or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting it to be a more literal, like, my name's Friday. And my, I'm Wednesday. I'm a mathematician thing. But um, there was a thing he said about, like, you know. I, I, something about like if uh, if your fun comes from a in a number five pill, then that's when I step in or something yeah. like that. And I went, oh, wait, are they like are are they on narcotics division? Like I didn't realize that. And then it seems like they're not explicitly, though. No, I I I believe now having watched this, I it bells were ringing for me as we watched this that I yeah. have seen episodes of this before. At I some absolutely point. have not. And I believe that that opening narration uh, changes, changes with every episode. That's what I wonder. It kind of sets up the... So this one was about uh, teenagers getting high on LSD. Mm-hmm. So it sort of led into that. And I, I believe this kind of... That setup leads up to the point... Of, and then that's where I come in. I think yeah. that's kind of a... Oh, that the, that's of, where I come in thing. Yeah, okay. I could be totally wrong, but I that's ringing a bell for me. I did wonder because I went, oh wow, are they specifically narcotics? You did you did tease for me that the episode has something to do with the title. Yeah, uh, it's called the LSD story. Right. Yeah. So I went, oh, here we go. But yeah, later on, I thought about it and went, oh, that must be something that changes for every episode yeah. because they mentioned something about narcotics, mm-hmm. so they are not. Yeah. But um, I mean, the, the narcotics division. Uh, yeah. Um, I. Th- think more or less everything was what I expected except that I guess I just didn't expect they would go for LSD for their very first episode it, and it just it I guess it felt I guess I expected it to be more a little more exciting or there to be more of like a mystery or something it's really just two detectives they're the only ones doing anything about this LSD situation. Just well, like 
they are really like, oh, this stuff is awful. We have to get it off the streets. We have to, yeah. we have to stop these kids from ruining their lives. Like, it's just, it felt so earnest in a way I wasn't well, expecting. And I think that stems from the fact that this show is clearly trying to be very fact-based. Yeah. Oh, and... there was so much, like, narrations being like, all right, it's been six months. Now this is happening. And uh, Wednesday afternoon, 3 p.m., we arrived at the place. And, like, that, so much of, like, walking you through exactly how police work is done. Because the show wants to be so fact-based. Yeah. You know, it, it's really going for that rip-from-the-headlines presentation to the point of being overly earnest. Like, there's the bit where they go and they're talking to the the, the medical examiner, the, the police chemist. Yes. And he just, like, he tells them the history of LSD and where it was made. And all that stuff is correct about yeah. the, the Swiss chemist and everything. It's, it's all correct. Uh, and it's just, it's so earnest that, like, I, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I want to watch more of these just because I'm so curious of, like, what other things from that era they're tackling and having right, a yeah. show about. Because this came out in 1967, so it's like, you're coming out swinging with it yeah. is current events for, you know, talking about acid yeah, in yeah. 67. And... Uh... It it felt, I don't know, it's, uh, I expected them to, I guess I was thinking of this as an earlier Law & Order, so I was imagining, like, you know, Law & Order gets a little exciting sometimes, and it, like, kind of amps up what's going on, but, like, this felt kind of dry. I, yes, it is very dry. I also thought it was pretty funny. I, I think well, uh, uh, yeah, it's very dry humor, but like the cops get a lot of, they have a lot of like really oh droll one-liner quips. So many that they are just set up for. They go to this, at some point they get a report of um, a pharmacy selling 5,000 empty number five ta uh, capsules. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned the number five capsules several times. And I'm like, was that a much more common thing? Like, I know you can buy empty capsules. Yeah. The biggest like, ones are triple zero. Oh, okay. I you know some things. I had to do things. some research on this for a unrelated project. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> wink. Winky blinky. <laughs> but uh, when they went to this guy to get the information about, like, who bought the, the, the capsules from uh -huh. you, uh, the guy gives them the information, of the gives them an address where they delivered the capsules to, rookie mistake, mm -hmm. uh, and then as they're about to walk away, he goes, say... What do you fellas think they're going to put in those capsules? And Friday says, a lot of misery. <laughs> like, it, I mean, I just, okay, all right, sure, you can have that. But, like, just the, they couldn't have made it, like, it just seemed a little silly for this pharmacist to be like, you know, it never occurred to me when they were buying them and I was delivering them to ask what they were going to put in them. I just didn't care. But now that there are cops here, I'm showing, I'm pretending to be... I don't think that was actually the note. I think he was just setting up uh, yeah. Friday for the joke. But it felt a little bit like, why weren't you concerned about what they were going to put in them earlier? He's, he's just trying to cover his tracks now. It's like, gosh, I, I mean, he doesn't say like, well, gosh, officers, if, if I had known, I never would have sold it to that boy or something like that. You know, it doesn't say anything. But like, there are so many things they hit on this. Like the episode takes place over the course of six months while LSD becomes illegal. Yeah. It starts, I don't know when LSD actually became illegal, 
but the sh- episode starts before and they ca- they catch a kid uh, or they they arrest a kid for you know acting like a, a weirdo in public and uh, then his parents come to pick him up and take him home and they're like now there's no law against LSD and there's no evidence that it's harmful and you're acting like my son has been doing heroin or marijuana. <laughs> Which, uh, spoiler alert, he's been doing lots of the latter. Oh, yes, well. Uh, but they're, they're like, how dare you imply that my son is some kind of addict? And they're like, no, well, we, we can still hold him for behaving intoxicated in public, even if what he was intoxicated with is not technically illegal yet. But yeah, then, like under some like outdated but apparently still in the books at the time morality law oh yeah <laughs> but the way they said it did not i don't know maybe it was supposed to be something outdated that they used just to get him in on yeah if you got that i got it that as was like the vibe i got the vibe i got was this is perfectly normal police routine police work we regularly arrest people for behaving immoral <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what year is this but um, yeah, the 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 main uh, character, other than our, our two police intrepid detectives, is a, a drug taker, come drug dealer named Blue Boy, <laughs> who uh, is a, a a this this whole episode. Really, the message I got from this was not LSD is dangerous. It was this is why you don't get high on your own supply. Yeah. He leaves a giant bag of, like, thousands of, of tabs of LSD just, like, on a folding table. Yeah. It wasn't clear whether they had bought that from him. I, it seems like that would be a lot yeah. to buy it once. And then he still had more? <laughs> the, I mean, here's the thing. I was not alive in 1967, and I have never done LSD, so I don't know how accurate any of this is. Strangely, uh, have you ever witnessed uh, or or partaken yourself? Uh, I don't know that I've ever knowingly witnessed someone on LSD either, so I'm a I'm an innocent baby. I would like to invoke the ninth commandment. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it thou is, shalt not incriminate thyself. Is that that one? I. I genuinely am not, I'm not certain I'm aware of LSD in pill form. There was a little bit of confusion. Oh, yeah, that's true. Even the, 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 the way the episode was structured, it was at the end, you know, they, they finally tracked the blue, blue boy down and he's died of an overdose. Yeah. And they do say it's not, he took a lot of LSD and then he also took a bunch of barbiturates. So it's. But it's like the way the whole episode is structured, it's like it's the LSD what done him in. Yeah. But to the best of my knowledge, um, and a lot of my knowledge comes from Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, which is about the history of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one has ever died of an LSD overdose. Oh, really? Yeah. There there are some semi-anecdotal things of like someone falling off a balcony or like that kind of thing right yeah but bad trip leads you to do thing that you die from although that is also exceedingly rare you know the Mm. the stories of like teenagers blinding themselves by staring at the sun and well that kind of stuff it's a lot of (laughs) urban legend and um, i was imagining more just like accidents you fall off of you know 
Yeah, yeah. You fall, you trip over something, you fall over yeah. a railing. You know. Yes, but but even the the any physical harm accident are often greatly exaggerated. Mm, sure. Um, uh, these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. I'll avoid in Utah. <laughs> of what? <laughs> uh, but th- that having been said, kind of this idea that as you get closer to whoever is making the LSD, there is going to be more of it uh, in sort of larger and larger quantities. That does sort of scan, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but the 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 portrayals of like as they get deeper into the acid scene yeah start to skew away from reality in terms of i I think there's probably some of it has to do with what they're allowed to show on television in the 60s well yeah uh, yeah when they finally get to that acid party up in a big empty house in the hollywood hills it's rather underwhelming (laughs) yeah although great use of uh diegetic oh music because I even said at that moment, I was like, this music, I'm digging this score. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, like, click. Yeah. There's, like, some, like, groovy instrumental music playing. They get to this big well, house. It's not just and groovy. It's... it's, like, it's like the kind of detective should, like. Kind of walking yeah, baseline. It matches the the score that has been going on, yeah. which is fabulous. Yeah, the f- in score this, in this is this. so it's good. It's so like the the kind of it, it it's exactly the kind of music that I have heard under ten thousand parodies of a noir voiceover. She walked into the room looking like the Indy Five Hundred, all curves and explosions. <laughs> that I stole that from someone, but it's so good it was worth stealing. This is that drawing. She had a pair of legs that just wouldn't quit, yeah. and uh, her her eyes were like fire. So it was like they drew this like weird snake creature. Of, oh, like yeah, you know, she had a pair of legs that went on forever. Yeah, she like slithers in. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, but yeah, the um the music is just it's wonderful, and the music in that scene then immediately registered as just more of the same. Yeah. But the more groovy party like psych out version of that music. Yeah. While a bunch of people in a single room that is almost entirely devoid of furniture, but has several na- bare light bulbs yeah. hanging at intervals from the ceiling, each of which has a different colored light bulb in it. And various people are standing around or sitting on the floor and just kind of acting high. The only person who's doing something interesting is one girl has taken her shoes off and is trying to climb up the wall. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Everyone else is just kind of like f- slumped against the wall or like kind of swaying with their hands moving around to the music. And it's only maybe five or six people. Yeah, that, that was what I was just like. Uh. And one guy is... Painting some sort of mural on the wall, but also eating the paint. That guy was having a good time. Yeah. But yeah, it like you get the music playing and you're like, oh, check out this lady. She's just swaying. This lady's trying to climb the wall. This one's just slumped over. This guy's paint, eating paint. And then click and you cut to the other guy and he's sitting on the ground next to like an old, like reel to reel tape player. And he hits stop and then he rewinds to get the and then he presses play and the music comes back. And I was like. Fucking nice. I do appreciate that. Speaking of all the teenagers that appear in this, this is the this is a rare example of something that is vin- that I'm watching that's vintage pre my lifetime, mm-hmm. where 
everybody like every every teenager doesn't read as someone in their 40s yeah i they all read as young people it was really like they nailed it so hard to hold that until you paused. Didn't... She's allergic to accurate portrayals of teenagers. Yeah. Sorry. I'm allergic to diegetic sound. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. I, I honestly did not feel like the portrayals of the teenagers was like too over the top. I would have expected slightly more. I mean, the, when they first find Blue Boy, mm-hmm. he is wearing a like suede shirt that that laces up partially at the neck and on the back is painted in perfect like over over designed the way that like children's drawings and protest signs always are Mm -hmm. in in movies and tv shows the words live and let live death to fuzz down with the fuzz. down with the fuzz excuse me down with the fuzz and it's like it's very nicely done. It's very nice uh, line yeah. work. <laughs> the the way the way Friday looks at the, the it shows a close up and then you see yeah. Friday seeing it and he's just like, mm. like mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say anything, but it's like you know. Yeah, his and, face says it all. Yeah, and this the funny thing is this kid, in addition to the the shirt, his face is painted half blue and half yellow, and they keep saying, <sighs> trigger warning. For racism. Uh, they keep saying he's painted up like an Indian. And I'm like, he looks like he's at a football game to me. <laughs> Do yeah. people not paint their faces for football like games football yet in the fan. 60s? Yeah, he just looked like uh, in, uh, a, he just looked like a big fan of insert team that has blue and yellow here. Uh, oh, wait. No, I know one. Hold on. Like I got it. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> he just looked like a big Michigan you, 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 U of M fan. I almost said Michigan State. Wrong one. Because when the when the call comes in, and they're like there. getting ready to go out and, and arrest him, and they're yeah. like, "He's all painted up like an Indian." I'm like, "Oh boy!" And then and yeah, then and then like, the the chief's like, "And he's he's uh, he's doing something she'd never seen a human being do before." And I was like, like "What? What's that? What's that?" And I'm ready for something yeah, wild, yeah, yeah. and like chewing the bark off a tree, and they all go, "Oh boy!" <laughs> like yeah. like was that? It was set up like a joke, or like we were really gonna be shocked. And I'm like, I mean, that's not great. But it's not, I guess I was expecting something. When you set it up with, yeah, he was doing something she'd never seen anybody do before. I guess I was expecting him to be, just, I don't know. Something unexpected. Yeah, yeah something more unexpected than just chewing, tra- I mean, trying to I've chew the bark off a tree. Bark. We, yeah. You know, just take an aspirin. There you go. Yeah, willow bark. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, they go find the kid and he is in an empty lot and he has buried his head in the ground. Also... They are aggressively indoors and green screen to look outdoors. I was not expecting that. There were several scenes. There were some actual outdoor shots as well. But there were numerous scenes where not only were they shot on a green screen to look like they were outdoors. Not moving. Not in a car. Mm -hmm. Just standing in a park. And they also did a lot of like, um, what's it called? Like um, where it's uh, back and forth. You, one person talking, cut to the other person talking. Cut to this person oh, talking. two shot. Two shot? Yeah. I, I thought two shot, and then I second-guessed myself. Yeah. But, it, it, yeah, a lot of that, and them, yeah, on a green screen. Like, cut to Friday. Cut to, what's the other guy's name? I honestly don't oh, know. Oh, crap. The, uh, the, <laughs> the silver fox. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. 
I mean, I'm all I'm all about Friday. It's yeah. just like what's funny is short and humorless and yeah. What's funny is that Friday is the the one the character I knew of. Yeah. But the other guy actually looked more familiar. Yeah. The actor looked more familiar. I I I'll look him up before we get to our that guy segment. But he looked more like I've seen him in something. But yeah, like a lot of cutting back between the two. Mm-hmm. On a green screen. I just I was not expecting that much. Like the shot where they're on the Sunset Strip and there's just teenagers streaming by in their hip clothes, and the two guys are like standing there next to their car. That looked like it was actually out of doors. Yeah. Yeah. And then. A, someone calls to them, oh, Sergeant Friday, off camera, and they turn around and then cut to them on a green screen with these two girls again. Yeah. Now that you're pointing all of that out, I almost wonder if the the plot got changed and they had to, like, oh. shoot some insert scenes in, like, in post. Maybe. To sort of string it, string it all together. Yeah, I've, it, it, the way that they... Um, they had the girls call them from off screen and then they cut to them walking up to them felt planned rather than just like, you know, the girls might've just like walked up to them or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. It it totally could be that that would explain shooting. (laughs) Oh man. The most boring green screen shot of all time. Two men standing in a park. (laughs) That sunset strip scene where the, the youths are protesting. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. And one of them just has a sign that says, We protest. Oh my god. Mwah. I wondered if that was real footage or not, though. Because yeah. it was a lot of people. And they never said what they were protesting. They just yeah. said, Teenage riots are going on. And they that the protests were not part of the plot at all. No. Um, there was one of the signs seemed to imply something specific that the uh, protest was about. And it, it said something about like, this is our strip as much as anyone's or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, okay, this, this has got to be footage of a real thing. But the sign, sign said, we protest. For a few, we all must suffer was another one of the yeah, signs. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it might have been real footage or mocked up to look like real footage about a specific event that yeah. the viewers were expected to understand what these... Well, I mean, this was the... the Vietnam was going on during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, 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 like, it was kind of interesting that it was impossible, as you're saying, it was impossible to tell what specifically was being protested. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like protesting yeah i mean uh, when i saw the we protest sign i went there's gotta be they didn't want to go with anything specific but then i saw yeah those other two signs that were specific and it was like i don't know what's going on here maybe that one girl with the sign was just just a little dim (laughs) she's like well what should i put on my sign well what are you what do you what do you how do you feel about it i'm protesting all right we'll put that (laughs) anyway i mean you know maybe they're protesting we (laughs) <laughs> obviously yeah yeah you know big we yeah big we <laughs> big we okay anyway um, w upside down okay sorry sorry are you quite finished <laughs> so this would be big v i'm done so uh yeah the also oh, that thing about these two teenagers they made such a big production out of what their ages were. They had these two girls who came in and had had a bad trip. Oh my God, that was such terrible expo log. Oh, it was so horrible. Yeah. So you've got these two young girls who come in. Um, this is after the initial run-in with Blue Boy. Two girls come in. Um, 
they've been talking to these other two detectives. A lot of detectives. A lot of cops. A lot of characters in this. And they kept mentioning the full names of a lot of other people. Yeah. I mean, again, that's that stylistic verisimilitude of, like, we know that it's always, like, 2.35 p.m. Like, you know, (laughs) so what time it is? Not doctor. Sergeant Eugene Zappi was one of the names. Mm. Won't forget that anytime soon. But they, uh, the detectives they've been talking to bring in our intrepid two to be like, you're going to want to hear what these girls have to say. First, tell them your ages. They could have just told the guys their ages. This one's four, 15, this one's 14. And then one of them says, I'm 15. What are you now? 13? No, you know I'm 14. Just had my birthday last week. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Anyway, 14. Go on, son. Was that necessary? Well, what? I think it's like this like clumsy attempt to be like, children as young as 13 are falling under the oh, spell. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> but still, like, tell the tell, tell the sergeants how old you are. I'm 15. I'm 14. Like, it, it, it feels like it could have been like, she's not even totally, she's just barely 14. But that was the most awkward, what are you now, anime 13? You yeah. know I'm 14. Also, the most stilted acting. Yeah, the, the, the Blue Boy two. was okay. He did. I thought he did a very good job of acting like he was high. Yeah, no, he was pretty. He was pretty good. He was pretty fun, and and not. It's it's really difficult, I think, to capture any kind of intoxicated or altered state. Yeah, acting, and have it be not way too over the top or way too understated. Or anything like that. I mean, there's yeah. some bad high acting in this as well. Yeah. In sort of the larger hey, party scene. Keep your nose out of my purse. Keep your nose out of the drugs and I will. That was a great exchange at the party. So uh but yeah, the, the the blue boy actor definitely had like he kinda hit that sweet spot. And especially yeah. for something that's being made again back in, in yeah. the sixties when this is happening, it's like yeah, like I said, yeah. I do not have a lot of uh, personal experience with LSD or witnessing people on LSD because I'm an innocent baby. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of depictions of people being high and I have at least uh, been able to sort of suss out when ones are a little bit over the top or just a little bit crazy. I've certainly seen crazy depictions of people on acid and they seem to, the ratings seem pretty good for like the nonsense he was spouting when they first got him. Yeah. And especially for something at the time that is clearly trying to portray this as acid bad. Yeah. You'd think they would have gone more over Mm -hmm. the top. They certainly did in some parts of it, but. Yeah, he wasn't like absolute an absolute gibbering idiot, like absolutely out yeah. of his senses. He was just saying a bunch of weird stuff and behaving weird, and he rips uh, the 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 silver fox cop's sleeve. He, he rips Friday's sleeve. Open. Not Friday, the other guy. Yes, Harry Morgan is the uh, the shorter one. Yeah, and he got his the sleeve of his coat ripped. Yes, Bill. Bill Gannon. Okay. Anyway, so, yes, the other cop's sleeve of his coat gets ripped, which I love this touch. In the very next scene, it's been safety pinned back together. Yep, yep. He doesn't get back to the office and it's like, yeah, you've had an extra jacket in the office. Just go with it. No, he just safety pinned it. Adorable. Yeah. There's a, again, it's that, like, attention to detail, verisimilitude yeah. thing that they're really, really trying to, like... Yeah. build here but they, they don't make a joke about it it's not no. there as a gag he doesn't go like 
hey, it's the best I could do. You know, it's just there in the shot. I, I think so it good. is there as a bit of a gag. Like, I think it's... I know, they don't make a meal yeah, of it, though. Yeah. It's there, but they don't... Yeah, nobody nobody points it out. No, you're absolutely correct. That attention to detail is really lovely to see. Just even the way that they are filming vintage 60s L.A. Yeah. And... Uh, I had no idea it was set in L.A. Yeah. No idea. I think if you had asked me... Just guess what city this is set in. Probably to guess Chicago. Yeah, I would have guessed New York. Yeah. Chicago would have been my first guess. I don't know why. That's just the one that seems to fit what I knew about it before. And if you said it's not, then I definitely would have guessed New York. Yeah. And if you said it wasn't that, I would have gone, I don't know, some other Philadelphia? (laughs) Like some other fairly large city? I never, I do not think I ever would have guessed LA. It's that, that is that, that indication of how much the dick wolf shows have kind of cast a long shadow over television Mm. police stuff because it i feel like those are more east coast at least in the earlier laws and orders Um, yeah the i mean svu and the main law and order are both new york right because they they are in the same universe Mm -hmm. i mean i think they're all in the same universe but (laughs) Every show ever is all in the same universe. Whoa! You're blowing my mind, man. It's like I'm high. Oh my gosh. Can we talk for just a second about them going through all of the drug slang? Oh yeah, that was delightful. Yeah. There's a narration where he says, you know, it six months has passed uh, and, and they're about to actually pass the, the, we're about to find out they've actually passed the law. And he, uh, Friday's talking about like... By now, the users had established their own language. The drug itself was now called the ticket, the ghost, the beast, the chief, the hawk, or simply 25. And it was like, how many times have I heard this sort of thing parodied? Yeah. They call it uh, uh, tripping, the beast... The, I can't remember half of them. Yeah, it's a great And list. then he ends it with a list of all these weird drug, fake, you know, drug slang names. And then, or simply 25. I'm like, why is that more simple than the others? What does the 20? Oh, that was part of the name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the like technical name for it yes. is like. LSD 25. acid. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. 25. You should have explainer videos about it on YouTube. You should... <laughs> I am great at this. But yeah, the, I, I could, that's why I was like, simply 25. Like, why is that simpler? Simply acid would have made more sense, right? Like, it is a kind of acid, right? It is scientifically an acid. Yeah. It just seems like it would have made sense for him to say, or simply acid. That is what they call it. I'm so lost at that point. I've forgotten all about that. But anyway, um, also the thing about... So I've heard tripping, of course, right? Yeah. I would love to know if this part was real about and they took they call it going on a trip, so they call the drug their ticket and they call their dealer their travel agent. It, it might be real, but it sounds so overly high concept. Yeah, I, that could honestly go either way. The cops bring in this guy and they're like, "All right, tell him what you told us." Who's your travel agent? Oh, what do you mean, man? Where'd you get the ticket? Like, yeah. the, the, the 
cops using drug slang is always funny. It even, will never not be funny. Even but even the the young drug user in universe is confused by the drug yeah. slang that the cops are he's, using. Yeah, he's like not really following them. And then then he's you know when he's like, "Will you testify to that? What does that mean?" We swear to it. We swear in a court of law that this guy Blue Boy sold you the drugs. He's like, "Well, wouldn't you if you were me? What's that supposed to mean?" He sold me two bum trips. <laughs> that asshole. Uh, yeah, th- that guy. Oh, man. Amazing. Now, I will say that at least one person, they asked them their age and they said 18. And I went, I'm feeling more 25. But, oh, the guy at the very end. Oh, yeah. yeah. They find in Blue Boy's apartment, which is it's a fairly well decorated. Yeah. For... The the squat that this like wild drug addict slash dealer has been making, living in for like three months and ostensibly making acid in. Yeah, they never they never go into whether he's. I guess they sort of imply he's making yeah, the acid because like, he's got the capsules. Well, yeah, and they let him out. Like he gets out on probation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. After the initial arrest. Yeah. And then acid starts showing up in the streets again, and they're like. How long does it take to brew a batch of acid? And he's like, two or three days. He's like, mm. It's like... It takes a lot longer than that to rustle up a law. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, I guess it does. If only we could take the law into our own hands! Gotta wait for the 80s for that. Uh, womp womp. But yeah, the... The, the bit with, um... I'm sorry, that, that was a Robocop <laughs> reference, but then you going wah wah. I'm just like imagining that noise as Robocop appears. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> we... I did not know that you were specifically making a, a, well, a Robocop reference. I mean, it wasn't a good one, and that's why I was like, I'm going to actually point that out just because the image in my mind of like Robocop all badass getting out of the, uh, the, uh, the whatever his like robocop cop car and then it's just like he stands up and then it's like womp womp (laughs) (laughs) someone please make that happen shall we move on to our first segment yeah i guess we're ready for that all right where did the money go this is my special little hobby corner where we talk about how we think they spent money on this first episode of a given TV show. Mm-hmm. It was really that that very detailed suede shirt, I think, is really where oh, the, yeah. the budgie went. <laughs> Cannot have been cheap. Dude. All that green screen. Yeah. Most of it expensive. Uh, I, I'd say all the outdoor shooting, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they also did green screen fake outdoor shooting, they also did quite a lot of outdoor shooting. All the shooting on, uh, on uh, the strip. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, some of that could have been stock footage or whatever. But then they did at least one shot of, like, a bunch of people are walking by. And not noticeably less or a different kind of people than were walking by earlier yeah. in the shots of the protests. Uh, and they have the, the both of the detectives right there. So, Yeah, and this is something where, I, I mean, I already mentioned that I want to watch more of these. But I'm really curious if this is one of those older shows where if you watch multiple of them in a row, it's like... That's the same pharmacy they went to. They just always go to this pharmacy? Or like, oh, yeah. This is the same dive bar they always find the guy in. Like, yeah. Why don't they just post <laughs> a cop in there? Uh, but, I mean, in terms of a pilot, they really did a pretty good job of making it feel like these guys were driving all over L.A. Yeah. to crack this case. 
Yeah, there's, yeah. There's definitely like multiple locations and stops that have to be made, and it, it didn't really feel like they were kind of gumshoeing a case. And yeah. A, gumshoe, I guess, is more of a, a reporter. They're they're really just, um, you know, they're they're being a couple of couple of dicks. No, it doesn't gumshoe. gumshoe a, a, detective. A detective. It is a detective. Although I usually hear it referring to a private detective. Right. Less than, but I might be wrong about that. Public dicks. Public dicks. These guys are dicks in public. Uh, yeah, the um, there were quite a lot of shots of them driving places and really establishing where we are because we are going for this realness. Yeah, yeah, it was probably a, lo- a little bit of that. Plus, it probably costs a lot of money to fix up the other sergeant's suit. Would have been funnier if I could remember his name. Bill. Bill. Bill's, Bill's jacket. They had to Bill's fix Bill's jacket. jacket. Yeah. It's not cheap. Clips and chips. In this section, we like to talk about general predictions for the future of the show. In specific, ideas for a season one cliffhanger and any relationships we would like to see develop or change. Uh, I don't think there's much to be uh, shipped in this, as there often is in cop shows. Uh, Season one cliffhanger, last shot. Uh, Bill and Friday walking up the steps, pulling the pull bell at the Adams family house. <laughs> sure. What will this show be? So I know we jumped right to this segment really quick, but I think it's because, as you mentioned to me after we got done watching it, that there's not room for a lot of overarching in this. Yeah, yeah. And it really is just going to be a day-to-day procedural. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't see there being room for a lot of character stuff. I don't think that's what they're doing with this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they could eventually. I don't know how long it ran, but we might eventually meet, you know, one, one of those wives or something like that. But yeah. I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, at-home stuff and their personal lives. I think it's going to be every week you get the two these two guys, they get a crime, by the end of it, they've solved the crime. Mm-hmm. They've arrested the perpetrator. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, some point on, uh, I think on Harmontown, Dan Harmon points out that the whole first season of Law & Order is just Detective Munch doing his thing. Just solving crimes, you know nothing about him. And then, like, <laughs> the very last episode, like, as he's leaving the office for the day, his sergeant or somebody's like, how's the sobri- sobriety going? And he goes, one day at a time. Credits. Dick Wolf. And, like, he's like, it was revolutionary. You learned so much in that one sentence. But it's it's like, the the tone of the show, of, of Dragnet, for me, is like, it's just like this weird little, like, stylized documentary snippets of the 60s mm-hmm. of, like through this very very idiosyncratic lens sure yeah and I, I i i wouldn't want anything overarching from this because i just no. i want i want like i want to watch another one of these and just be like like what are the attacks like it's called paper hanging writing <laughs> bad checks that they don't intend to cash you know like that kind of thing like i can just i can hear it yeah even oh, if yeah. i haven't seen it you know yeah 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 i could definitely see that the newest craze is stealing car doors to make improvised surfboards. These young men have been nicking policemen's helmets. Yeah. 
We've brought one of them in to, to speak to you now, Sergeant Friday. I say, Jeeves, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, lovely jacket these policemen have. You Americans are so forthright. <laughs> Sorry, that was a Jeeves and Wooster reference. I apologize. I'm, I'm with you. For nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, shall we just yep, sail yep. on to the next sequence? Pizza. <laughs> We like to take this time to mention anybody that we recognized from other productions in this episode. Yeah, any that guys, character actors who uh, may have been familiar to us, which whether we knew what we knew them from or not. Mm-hmm. And there is a pretty good one in this particular episode. All right, hit me. Which is that uh, Bill, mm-hmm. the non-Friday cop. Yep, yep. <laughs> Looked so familiar to me, and I was like, why should he be so immediately familiar? And Friday, I went, I guess that's the face of this character. So I looked him up. He was on a show that I watched also uh, in the same period of my life when I was watching a lot of these other older shows. I can't remember if it was on Nick at Night or not, but I was definitely watching this show in reruns as a kid. And I watched it a hell of a lot more than I ever did Dragnet. Mm Mm-hmm. He was on MASH. He was yeah, Colonel, Colonel Potter. Potter. Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Did you look it up or did you know it when you saw him? I, I had to look up the name, but I've been, I've watched some MASH recently. Oh, well then you have a, you have one up on me. I haven't he's, watched he's it since I was a kid. He's the one who's always like kicking Klinger around. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. thank God. Cause it was really, I was going to be really annoyed if it went, oh, I don't know. It's just one of those times you and see that, a face. And that's what, what's funny about seeing him on this is that he's so like, laconic hangdog like uh showed up at the office and dealt with these kids yeah he he's doesn't like talk of, all that much kind of like like uh laconic quips whereas like colonel potter is like god damn it what's going on in here yeah <laughs> yeah T- totally different tone of the yeah. show and a, and a very different character yeah that's delightful he was also in high noon so this is like he's a guy who's had some uh some years yeah well, I think that's uh, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Does that, uh, that take covers us that to guy. our next segment? I choose you. Who's our favorite character? Who do we want to see more of? Who do we want to see flourish? <laughs> There's not that many characters to choose from in uh, this it's, show. It's Bill for me. Yeah, like I I could take or leave Friday at this point. It's all about just the Bill <laughs> standing there being like, uh, okay. Uh, my impression is that these characters will not grow at all. They will stay exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. They'll just hang out. I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll probably be the case that that's too, too much. Yeah. We might get, get some humanity, but. Yeah. To, um, although this, normally we pick out the person that we want to see more of from the regular cast. I would like to give just an honorary mention to, uh, Blue Boy, our villain. <laughs> what that actor just like. Was just having having a time. Yeah, he was having a ball for yeah. sure. Also, the manager of his apartment building who said, <laughs> "There's another boy in there, and they were whooping it up." <laughs> she did a pretty good. She was delightful. Which takes us to final verdict. Did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? I'm kind of on the fence. Like you said earlier, I'm curious to see what other topics they're going to tackle. And kind of curious to see the, the 60s in L.A. through this weirdly specific lens. But maybe not enough to actually do it, you know? 
yeah it's so dry i just don't know that i'm like for me i i almost find the dryness appealing it is a bit refreshing weirdly enough after the absolute shenanigans of the past few shows that we've watched yeah. like compared to i dream of genie and bewitched and the adams family this is sort of a a breath of stale air <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in a sense. It's it's not it's 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 sort of a, a Look, you can get calming... all the cheeses you want, but you, yeah. you're gonna need some Ritz at some point. Like you're gonna need Ooh. a cracker. You know, this is the, the that dry was cracker. Good. Right? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I like that. That that yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm 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 feeling it, man. Yeah. I'm digging it. I'm over there. I'm not here anymore. <laughs> is that it? Do we have anything else? I've, I've already mentioned that I want to watch more of these. And that's definitely still the case. Like, as we've talked talked about it. Sometimes with the show, I kind of think I want to watch more. But by the time I'm done talking about it with you to make an episode of this podcast, I'm like, I think I've gotten all the mileage out of this that I could yeah. get. Yeah. But genuinely, this is the first one of these 60s shows or Nick at Night shows that we've watched for this podcast where I'm like, I want to tell people about the guy you know i'm gonna be talking about this in my private life with my friends like have you ever actually watched dragnet yeah because it's so stylized yeah no i don't know that i agree with that in in the sense that it's really leaning into the it's so stylized uh it's it's the the noir narration and the fact that it's giving you the specific times and like they're really going for a verisimilitude of like we're basically reading a police report and acting it out as it happened. Yeah, the whole that, thing at the end, yeah. too, that was, yeah, that was very, you, you're right. That is a really accurate way to describe it. They are reading a police report and showing some of the actions along yeah. with it. I mean, when when we say stylized, you know, we're thinking of, like, everybody's wearing purple or something, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, no, I, I, I was thinking, like, what? I don't think of it as stylized, but it did have... It, it was doing some very specific things and it was going for a very specific structure. Yeah. Which just to bring this full circle back to what we were talking about and the, what we know at the beginning of this episode on the way out. Uh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is that this, you know, highly specific storytelling thing that they've got going on here is what made MathNet so iconic and memorable in our youths is that, the the way the narration went and the fact that they're always telling you what time it is and sort of like yeah that that really really dry delivery even though the the situations might be absurd yeah um and possibly even i could see this show really getting a lot of mileage out of we found him hiding and then it's like you know he's like behind a bush it's like the visual is maybe more humorous than the dry delivery of right. the narration yeah. i i I vaguely remember that Dragnet kind of had some fun funs with that as well over time. Uh, I could be wrong, but again, I want to watch more of these just to check that out. Yeah. But but just you know the fact that we both had these like really fun, exciting memories of MathNet. Yeah. I think owes a lot to the stylistic choices of Dragnet. Not just like this is definitely a show that's ripe for parody because of how specific it is. Yeah. Um, and I you know mad props because to make something that is instantly recognizable yeah no certainly i can see why it became so popular mm-hmm. although i'm curious um how it compared to other cop shows at the time mm-hmm. 
was part of the reason this became so popular that previously TV shows depicting police detectives and crime, anything about law and order, wank, uh, was a lot more sensationalized and like exciting, like dramatic crime, excitement, adventure. And this was so popular because people are like, I feel like they're showing us what it's really like, Mm -hmm. you know, was, was that what made it catch on and become so admittedly incredibly famous, beloved, iconic and influential. I don't know the answer to that, but I, I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. Me as well. (laughs) Good. I'm glad we agree. (laughs) And on that note, Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics. Please share this episode with a friend or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. Our podcast is entirely listener supported. So thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, Juniper, and Jerry. Visit patreon.com slash pilot house to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. Must be way out to leave the door unlocked. That's weed.